Veterans are on the verge of making even more history. Thanks to vets, VA is on the verge of enrolling our one millionth veteran into the Million Veteran Program, or MVP. MVP will help make important healthcare discoveries for veterans like you. So visit mvp.va.gov today to learn more and join nearly one million of your fellow brothers and sisters in arms who are taking part in this groundbreaking research. That's mvp.va.gov. Thanks a lot. Ford 16 time funny car and I don't know how to drive a monster truck but I know how to read this book geared for life and it's awesome Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm Marine Corps veteran and your host. My name is Travis. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reapers Detailing and Power Washing, and my supporters, all veteran-owned businesses, Quezon Shaving Company, Black Cat Designs, and Savage American Woodwork. The year's almost over, and you know I told you all this in January that this is the year where I really embrace how much I don't know. 
there's just a lot in life I don't know. And this is why my next guest is so important. He's going to talk about this. Um, I got connected through my co-producer and mentor, Heath Hayes, a sense of one productions and folks, he's not a veteran. He didn't serve in the military. He drives monster trucks. He drives monster trucks. You might be wondering what is monster trucks, the military veterans and Oscar Mike Brito have to do with each other. You're going to find out because we have the warrior Bryce Kinney on Oscar Mike Brito. Tell us about gearing up for life. Bryce, Welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. I appreciate that. It's what an honor as well uh, to be on the show. I'm a big fan of it as well. And so I appreciate you having me on, man. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Man, it's going to be a lot of fun. So Keith Keith hits me up and it's like, dude, you were on <laughs> drafting the circuits. It's a great show. Get him on. Do it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right. Calm down. Pump the brakes. <laughs> I'll, I'll get on it. No problem. And I said, you had me at Monster Trucks. Yeah. You had me at uh -huh. Monster Trucks. I mean, my, my, my kids grew up watching, you know, uh, Bigfoot and uh, Grave Digger and, you know, Power Ford, all those cool monster trucks. And I got to tell you, Bryce, me and my sons never had a bad time watching <laughs> monster trucks on TV or in person. The, the roar of those engines, watching those machines do it was just like, how do they do that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy that uh, it's my career, right? I mean, that's what's so bizarre. I think everyone needs to write a very strongly worded letter to their high school guidance counselor who did not include monster jam as a career move. <laughs> right. But uh, it, it's cool that I get to go and do that and crash a truck for a living. And uh, we do a lot of stuff with the armed forces and, and uh, man, one of my favorite trucks in the fleet, if I didn't drive Mohawk warrior, it would be the soldier fortune truck. Because we've yes. got a yeah, we got a veteran driver, Kayla Blood, that drives that. And then we also have a gentleman by the name of Tony Oaks that used to drive Black Ops Soldier Fortune. And now he's in this new truck that they're, you know, trying to make big called Thunder Roarus or something. But Tony was awesome because he was a black uh black hawk mechanic. That's what he did in the service. And I just loved watching him because he'd go out there and he's this big old guy, you know, six six. 250 just man's man country as can be uh, even though he lives in Pennsylvania somehow but a uh, country way more of a southern draw than I've got and every time he'd go out and do something cool he'd stand out on the truck and he'd salute the crowd and I and he what he was always talking about though are, are, are the veterans and he was like man that veterans that was for you guys and stuff and I just loved it so even though I didn't get to serve uh, my grandfather was uh, spent years he retired actually out of the uh, U.S. Navy and so he was always trying to get me into the Navy as well and it's a regret of mine that I didn't really get to serve because of just the career moves that I ended up making and it didn't fall in line but man I love that Soldier Fortune truck and I would have to say if it wasn't Mohawk Warrior. That's the one I would try to drive. <laughs> so this is all good stuff. We got a lot of good stuff to cover. How does one go from high school to driving a monster truck and then now an author? And that's the real like cherry on top here. Give yeah. us a little background about, you know, what happened there. Yeah. My, so my, my background and the process of becoming a monster jam athlete is really one of uh, failure and learning from all the failures along the way. You know, I grew up in professional drag racing. Well, not even in professional drag racing when I was little. I used to weed eat the fence line of my grandfather's drag strip that he owned. 
uh, back in, you know, when I was eight years old and then I would, you know, race our little junior dragster on the weekends. And I loved it, man. I was eating up with it. And my whole family has been in motorsports for a long time. In fact, my grandfather, he started out in the, on old abandoned airstrips in the sixties, you know, working on Oldsmobiles and there he, you know, he, he ended up buying a track in the eighties and then, uh, sold that and we went professional drag racing. So those long skinny cars that go 300 miles an hour in four seconds called a top fuel dragster. That's what we ran for 10 years. And my dream was to drive that. My dream was to make a career as a professional drag racer. And so I actually got my license. I drove it for a few years and that was the last big recession. And so walking into these corporate boardrooms and asking them for $3 million to put their you know decal on the side of my race car just wasn't working. <laughs> so I, I, I got my teeth kicked in. You know, I remember feeling real sorry for myself. I, you know, at the last boardroom I walked out of and just like, man, this just is not working out. No one wants to take a, a shot with me. And so I went to my grandfather and I was like, man, sell this thing. Don't keep it for me just because I'm your grandson. Uh, you know, like I'll, if it's up to me, like if it's going to be, it's up to me kind of a thing. And if it takes me 40 years to get back into it, so be it, you know? And so he, he sold it and I went into a corporate job. Uh, I was placing CEOs into private equity as a corporate recruiter. <laughs> How funny is that? And then that's when monster jam called me. And so Travis, they called me and they said, Bryce, you know, we've had your information since you got out of drag racing four years prior. Um, would you be interested in going to monster jam university? and testing a truck. And my honest reaction was, man, how much is this going to cost me? Because the top fuel stuff, it, it was so expensive. I had seven different jobs funneling into that top fuel drag racing dream. And so when they asked me, you know, to come up there and I said, well, how much is going to cost me? They said, no, well, I mean, it's all our, our equipment. We're like we own it. Monster Jam is the biggest motorsports fleet in the world. They said, it's our equipment. Like, what do you mean? You know? And I, and I remember thinking, so just a flight in a hotel, I'm, I'm negotiating with myself going, man, for a thousand bucks, we should do that because I had never even been to a Monster Jam event before I started talking to Monster Jam. I just didn't know it. My whole world was drag racing. To this day, I've never even been to a NASCAR event, All right, So my world has been drag racing and Monster Jam now. Uh, but finally, they kind of got frustrated after I asked them, like, so just a flight in a hotel? They go, no, we'll buy you a flight in a hotel. Can, can you get off of work and be in Paxton, Illinois? And I'm like, well, heck Yeah. You know, who would say no to an all-expenses-paid trip to go test drive a 12,000-pound monster truck? I mean, so I jumped all over that, and that was eight years ago. So here I am. I've been full-time in Monster Jam for the last seven years as the driver of the Great Clips Mohawk Warrior, and it's just been an insane ride, no pun intended. <laughs> I'm a professional crash test dummy, Travis. That's what I do for work. <laughs> so you're the one, you know, flipping the trucks over, bouncing them high in the air and the oh, front yeah. wheel, all that stuff that my, my sons liked it when they actually flipped them, like when Gravedigger yes. would flip over. You actually do all that. Oh, yeah. Backflips. I love backflips. Um, love love getting as big an air. I think the biggest air I've ever gotten was just over 40 feet. So I'm level with the second tier of that football stadium, that big giant football stadium. I'm I was level with the second tier, like looking at the fans. So that was just surreal. But, you know, when you jump a machine that high, gravity's undefeated. So you're going to come back down, and you're just hoping it's going to land right. <laughs> that's a, that's what you hope. But everyone talks about, you know, does it hurt, right? And I'm going, well, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt as much as you would think, assuming everything is going the right way. But the key is is momentum. And I talk about this in the book, in my book, Geared for Life, quite a bit, because I think life's the same way. But momentum i call it the the bucket challenge or the bucket principle if you're standing on top of a five gallon bucket 
and you're just standing there still and you step off of it, Travis, it's real jarring. You know, if you, if this, if the five gallon bucket is just out there on the floor and you, and you uh, step over it in stride, you know, you kind of take off towards it, step on it and step off of it. It's not going to be as jarring, right? You're still going to feel the ground after you step off of it. It's not as bad. That's the same way with the trucks. The faster you go and the higher you go, honestly, it, it lets everything work a little bit better. And that uh, the landing is way, way softer. The problem is when it doesn't land the way you want it to and you roll it, cartwheel it, crash it, that, you know, there's no suspension on the the, the roll cage. So anytime you uh, land on that, it's never a comfortable moment, but it's just a lot of fun and uh, getting to push the, these machines to their limits. I mean, it, it's, it's bizarre that we're pulling off the stuff we're pulling off and backflipping something that's 12,000 pounds and you're 25 feet in the air upside down. Like that's always a surreal moment and your brain goes into this fight or flight mode. And it's just so cool how many decisions your mind is making without you consciously doing it. And it's not until you're done with everything, you think back, or maybe you're even watching video and you're washing your hands and your feet and everything, you know, driving the truck uh, in cab. And you're like, man, I was making a ton of decisions split second without even knowing it because your mind just goes into muscle memory at that point. So, yeah, that's my job. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Only in America. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Well, we say that, and I think we're in 20 countries this year. Monster Jam's yeah. gone overseas and just got done with an Australia tour. And I think we're going to be in 20 countries this year. Well, fantastic, man. Yeah. Fantastic. They're in Puerto Rico right now. <laughs> right now. The trucks are in Puerto Rico. They just finished up the show. So that's amazing. The thing that interests me, you know, you know, because I watched the drafting of the circuits uh show and my guy Levi, who's an Air Force veteran, was all into it and the guys are great. But you know, from for my show, it's based on you know military and veterans. Mm -hmm. And I got from you know just, just seeing you on social media and learning about you that you have like a real like connection with the veteran community. Like that's mm -hmm. that seems authentic you're not doing it for you know marketing or pr yeah. <laughs> where where did that come from i'm always curious why a civilian will will lean so much in for for us as, as veterans it's because i love this country you know yeah. I, I am very patriotic i think it is absurd what uh is going on in our country right now and the lack of pride of being an american and that the only reason that I get to live the life I get to live and the freedom that we all get to experience. And, you know, watching freedom of speech be under attack, freedom of the second amendment being under attack, like all these things that you're like, man, there's so many people that gave their life for, uh, for us to have these freedoms and experience it. And the problem is, is, you know, there, once it's, once those freedoms are gone, you can't get them back. You got to shoot your way out of getting them, getting those freedoms back. And so I am thankful because, so many veterans are the ones that have have served to to ensure that we've got the the freedoms to be able to go and and chase our dreams and to find our next gear in life and to be able to pursue uh, the the life that we've always dreamed of. So I love America. I love studying Abraham Lincoln. I think he is an amazing leader. I think that what he did and pull off was he perfect? Absolutely not. But one of my favorite people of all time is John Adams and watching what he did. And, you know, here he was one of our very, you know, early presidents and the stuff that he was able to pull off and his commitment to, to law and, and establishing freedoms are the reason why here we are 250 years later getting to experience it. And so, yes, the you veterans out there, what you have done and what you're a part of, not even just what you've done in your lifetime. 
but the stuff that you have, it's, it's like you have, you have enabled the ripple effects that started back in the 1700s. You enabled the, those ripple effects that are still, you know, re, trying to get to the shoreline. You just like threw a whole nother stone in the water because of your decisions in life and your commitment. And you created more ripple effects. And that's what America is. Like it's this ripple effect across the world. And the fact that veterans go out there and are committed to freedom and committed to the cause of, uh, and and not always appreciated either. That's what's bizarre to me. So anyway, you've got a big fan out of Bryce Kenny. If you have served the military or you just love America like I do, man, thanks for throwing the the, the stone in the water and creating ripple effects for all of us to to live on and carry on. So you start off, you know, and I've been there, right? You're, you know, you're unpaid or maybe paid labor. I don't know, but you're unpaid labor for your dad or granddad doing stuff. Yeah. And then you, you, you go into life, uh, you work in the, in the corporate side of things and you, you drive monster trucks. Tell me where did this desire, this idea to write come from? Mm. Because that's not something you'd normally pair with a monster truck driver. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting too, because, you know, most people wait until they're done with their, endeavors and then they write a book about the experiences and even though i wrote you know I, i've got lots of stories in the book from my life as a monster jam driver and behind the scenes stuff but all those stories are are there to support the points that i want to make which is you know you, it, it's a conscious decision to find your gears in life just like a vehicle just like a car you cannot go through life in one gear and all of us you know, once we kind of find the things we're good at, we kind of live in that, or maybe someone feels like they've been stuck in neutral forever, right? They just feel like, man, is this really all there is to life? Like we all battle that moment, by the way, you know, your head hits the pillow and it's like, man, this can't be it. I thought this would be better. You know, I thought, I thought I'd be further along at this point in my life. I don't have anything figured out. You know, you just start to question yourself and your abilities and you feel like you're just stuck. You know, you're making a bunch of noise, like a car in neutral, but you're not going anywhere. And so I've become very passionate because what I've realized that I'm an expert at, right? Because if you're going to write a book, you better be an expert at something. I'm, I was looking around a couple of years ago, like, I'm not an expert at anything, am I? You know, what problem am I really trying to solve? And I went, am I the guy that could, someone walks up to and says, I want to be an Olympic gold medalist. Like what level of commitment and discipline and mindset do I need to have? That's not me. I don't know. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I'm still, I'm, I'm still trying to run at that pace myself. But what I've become an expert at is finding my next gear. So I don't have all the secrets to life. I don't think there is a secret, right? I think all of us have a different pathway that we're going down. Uh, but what I have come to realize is that I leverage my foundational beliefs. I know what I believe. I believe in absolute truth. I believe that there are things that are true and not true. And there are seven gears that I constantly shift in and out of throughout my life to get me unstuck and into the next phase and into the next chapter or into the next opportunity. And so going from, you know, professional drag racing or unprofessional drag racing and then professional drag racing and then going out into the corporate environment and then leveraging all of that experience in, a, in corporate boardrooms into what I do with Monster Jam today, I've, I've always shifted and found that next gear. And so I wrote Geared for Life because that verbiage helps all of us. Because we realize that just like a car getting on the highway, you wouldn't get on the highway, even if you've got an automatic, right? Your truck's going to start off in first gear. It's going to hit the on-ramp and it's going to shift to second. But here, imagine being in that truck and ne it never shifting out of first gear and you trying to get it up to highway speed. 
That's not what it's built to no, do. It's, it's not what it's designed to do. But we do that. So many people go 35 years in first gear and they wonder why their engine feels like it's about to blow up. It's like, because you've been trying to live in first gear for too long, we got to help you find second gear. What's that look like? And that's why I wrote the book to help people recognize their gears and be able to make that shift. Now I'm going through the book. I didn't get a chance to like really read, read it, but you know, that's okay. I got the general, just one thing I liked is you have, you know, chapter five, you know, the, you know, empty the tank. Yeah. And, and, and you, you bring stories from your life, not from like a self-help perspective, but from your life, your perspective to support why you should empty the tank to, to get in that gear. Yeah. And and so it, it's obvious you put yourself into this, but how much of Bryce went into telling these stories and getting the stories right to match the chapters, yeah. to match the gear you're in? A lot, because I had to realize that I didn't want to preach at people. You yeah. know, I didn't want people to read it and just read my points I wanted to make. The stories all make the points you know, they support the points like, you know, here's what I believe. Here's what I think is a, is truth. And here's where I learned it or here's who I learned it from. This is when my grandfather taught me that lesson. This is when life kicked me in the teeth. And I realized that, you know, I should live this way. Things just like you said, emptying the tank. I'm a big believer that we work way harder when we know where our faucet is, or we know where the pit area is, because it, it, you're not, you're not af afraid to pour out every last drop out of your cup when you know that it's okay because on Monday I, I'm going to refill myself or it's okay because I'm going to get back on Travis's podcast and I'm going to get refueled. I'm going to get refilled through that. Or maybe it's prayer or maybe it's reading a book or whatever it might be. Maybe it's time with your family or alone time, you know, whatever that might be. We've got to understand what fills us back up. And when you understand what's going to fill you back up, you're not afraid to expend every last drop out of that that gas tank. And so, and that's what we're all being asked to do. So it's a conscious decision though, to shift into that emptying the tank gear and being willing to do that. And, and we've got to make that decision. If that's fifth gear, right. You've got to make sure that, that you do that. Well, guess what? You can't stay in fifth gear forever. You can't empty your tank for the rest of your life. At sometimes you need to shift back out of that gear and go into your purpose gear, right? When I left my corporate job for monster jam, I took a 30% pay cut. The one reason I made that decision was because I remembered my purpose in that moment was to be someone who uses the platform of motorsports to impact this world. It wasn't that I, I was just trying to leverage one monetary uh, salary to the next thing. In fact, it was opposite, but I had to shift into my purpose-driven gear and make a purpose-based decision, not a monetary decision. And so I had to shift in that gear to make that decision. So we, we constantly... If, if you've got, if you know what gears you have and what you believe in your core, then that's when you can find the right gear at the right time. And that should be the goal. That's how you go through life without getting stuck, without getting burnt out for forever, right? Uh, you're, and if you ever do feel burnt out, guess what? We're going to help you shift into a different gear. And it's time to do that, just like an engine needs to find its next gear to make sure it doesn't throw the connecting rods out of the block. That's what we've got to help you guys do. So if you're tired, you're exhausted. You feel like, Bryce, I've been empty for the last five years. Great. How can we help you refill the tank? And also, let's shift into a different gear. And maybe it's a creative gear. You know, when was the last time you just swept out your garage and, and saw real results? Sometimes, I'm serious. Travis, sometimes I am, I am at a loss of what to do. I will walk out to my shop and sweep out the floor. And 
having a cleaner shop floor, garage floor changes my mindset because I think I get an easy win. I see the results. And for whatever reason, maybe subconsciously, I realize that I can actually go and accomplish the things I need to go and accomplish in. And I can do this. I can get the small wins and those small wins build me up to go after that big win. That's one of the things I got from the book and I was, and you kind of touched on it, but say I'm in fifth gear driving or on my motorcycle and I want to downshift. Sometimes I got to, you know, downshift two gears to, mm. to, to, you know, slow down or get ready to turn. I don't really think about it though, at this point in me driving, but with your life, it almost seems like you need to really think about what you're trying to do and how to get there. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, how do I know when to shift gears? You kind of touched on it, but maybe kind of just peel that back for me a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine my monster jam truck, 1500 okay. horsepower. We've only got two gears in that truck and we pretty much do all of our freestyle. I hit the backflip ramp in second gear. It's kind of like a high and a low gear. Well, in, in racing, you know, we're trying to get 1500 horsepower from a standstill to get moving. Well, first gear is going to do that job. First gear does not last very long. You know, the, the, the gearing and all of that in the transfer case, if anyone's mechanical out there, uh, you know, it first gear, you've got a, maybe two seconds trying to rev that truck up and get it in motion before you need to, to shift. If I hold first gear for very much longer after that, you know, the motor is going to be at 8,000 RPM and we're going to hurt the engine, probably blow it up. And, and that's what it really is. It's understanding, hey, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're expended, you, you, you have ex expended the entire gear at this point, and we need to shift. A lot of it's emotion. Um, a lot of it is understanding that, you know, you're, you've lost all meaning in what you're doing. You know, you're, you're just burnt out. That's the best way to say it. And if you feel burnt out, you've probably you've probably lost that gear, right? You need to go into the next one. I'm a big believer, though that we focus so much on the what in our life. And that's the, that's the real problem. Like we're always trying to say, what do I need to do today? Or you feel guilty because you're like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough stuff, you know? And, and that's the problem because I'm a big believer that it's more about the who you want to be than the what you're not doing enough of or what you need to do more of. And, and here's what I mean by that. Bryce Kenny today, myself, I am not the best version of myself yet. Maybe I'll be the best version of myself by the time I die. I don't know. But who I am as a man, how people would describe me today and who I am, I have a, an idea and a very clear vision on who I want to be a year from now, right, versus today. How do I want people to be able to describe me one year from today and now all of a sudden the what falls in line with that. And I'll give you a real example. So I want to be someone uh, who is described as somebody that uses his skill set to communicate to impact the world, right? So I want to be someone who uses the platform of motorsports to impact this world. Well, that's why the book is a what, you know, it's not because I was passionate about writing a book. It was the, the what fell in line with that, right? It's a tool. That this book geared for life is a tool to communicate to help people. Well, that means that I'm gonna, you know, when I when I'm trying to decide what to do in the month of January, and I've got an opportunity to go speak somewhere and go encourage a a, a group and a company, I'm gonna go do that. Why? Because that aligns that what of what I'm gonna go do 
aligns with who I want to be one year from today. And so I think that I'm a big believer. If we get back to understanding what the best version of ourselves look like, then we're more willing to shift and to find a different gear in order to get us into that better version. Just like a barn find, Travis, we look, if we're guys, we've, we've imagined this moment. You don't even have to be a classic car guy to, to imagine this, but you're on a back road somewhere and you look up on a, on a hillside and there you see it, there's headlights sticking out of a barn and there's a car with, you know, it's got a tarp it's on top. Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. It's a 68 Mercury Cougar. Oh, Bye. is that you? That's me, man. That's your dream. Yes, okay. I can see it. So you know the headlights off of that Mercury Cruiser, can't you? Cougar, well, they, can't they, you? They, they, they flip down. So they flip up. And these are, one's flipped down. One, I can see it right now. Yep. Okay. So imagine that is what's sticking out of that barn. Yes. Right? Yes. And so you would see that you'd pull up and that the old man would come out and he's like, yep, sure enough, he'd, he's owned it for 30 years. And then you walk over to it and he tells you it's a 68 Mercury and you're like, oh, I knew it. And then you rip off that tarp. Travis, it's covered in dust, right? It's not been, it's not seen. That tarp's been sitting on there for 10 years. The motor hasn't been turned over in 15 years, right? It's essentially a pile of junk in real life because it doesn't run. There's it's dirty, it's dusty. My wife would see it as a pile of junk. You and myself, you definitely would not see it as a pile of junk, though. You wouldn't even, Travis, you would not even see the dust, would you? No. You wouldn't. You would see what what would what what color would you paint it, by the way? Blue or black. Blue. Okay. Let's imagine it's blue. You could see that glossy, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. nighttime blue paint job on it. You wouldn't even see the dust. You could hear that that motor screeching already in a burnout. It's not been turned over in 15 years, but you could see that smoke billowing out of the back of the car. And so you can see that car as its best version, regardless of what you see now, but really in reality, is it at its best version? No, but you can do that with a vehicle in a barn, but you can't do that as easily looking in the mirror. And that's the problem. We see ourselves as the dust covered piles of junk Instead of viewing ourselves when we look in the mirror as what we can become and who we can become. And I think that when we recognize, okay, one year from today, who do I want to be and how do I want to be described? Don't wait to your funeral, right? Sometimes it's easier for people to think that, like, how do I want people to talk about me at my funeral? Okay, well, don't wait till you die. How do you want people to describe you in one year from now? And then allow the what to kind of come in there and support that. And I have found way more clarity in shifting into the right gear at the right time and finding the what in that moment that I need to go and do based on does this support the better version, the best version of who Bryce Kenny needs to be one year from today. And that's been a major life hack for me along the way. So let, let's, let's put this like in veterans context real quick. And even for myself is you, you, you do this high speed, low drag job, you know, you're in this high operational environment and you come out and be a civilian, right? And things change and you're in a different environment and you're not, you're not responsible for as much, but you are right. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for us to, you know, find that gear for lack of a better term. The folks, the book is geared for life by Bryce Kinney. I'll have it in the Oscar Mike radio show post. Make sure you get it. Anyway, it was very hard for me to find my gear. It took a long time and some veterans never find it and get very, you know, depressed and, and, you know, they, they self-contain so on and so forth. But what you're, what it sounds like you're saying is, you know, read the book, 
figure out what your purpose is or what you, you know, fuels your purpose and, and go do that. And things will start falling into place. Mm. Yeah. This is what it sounds like. Well, and when you were back in the service, Travis, I would imagine that you didn't have this big passion for the technical side of doing a podcast. No. Did you? Yeah. No. So when you got out, it wasn't it, the what looks different than what you did in the service, but who you were as a man, I would imagine that you were always, you know, I would imagine that you were in some sort of leadership role in the Marine Corps. Is that right? Well, not really, but you know, I did lead my, my launcher sessions put like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you were in this leader and, and regardless of what the title was, right? It, it 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 was a matter of you were always probably influencing people. You, I bet you were one of the biggest encouragers in the in the in the unit, yep. you know? And so all those things, that was who you were. So the what looks a lot different today in doing this awesome podcast, but the who it's it's enabled you to find this gear of doing, you know, the podcast just is the what that supports the best version of you and of Travis. And so that's what I think it is. I think that, you know, a lot of times if someone's gotten out of the service and they're trying to figure out, man, I don't know what to do next. And I just wish I could be back in the service, right. Or something like that. It's like, yes, but the, what might look a lot different, but well, let's get back to the, who you want to be in the best version of yourselves and the things that you want to be described as someone, you know, who goes and helps and someone that serves. I mean, you found that one of my gears is becoming built for other people. I, I know that veterans have that gear becoming built for other people. And this is what it looks like. Maybe it's, it's following this passion that they have for welding. Let's say, let's bring up something. Cause that's, that's something I've been thinking about lately. I have a passion for learning to weld. I've never welded anything, but that's a bucket list item for me. Now it's, it's not just because I want to go out there and maybe there is something that'll be therapeutic for me to, you know, make really good weld beads on a piece of metal, but I know that what's going to happen is I'm going to go equip my passion and I'll find purpose behind that, that, uh, that desire in that thing that I want to go and do. So I've got to get really good equip, equipping myself at that passion to learning how to weld. And down the road though, it's not just about, you know, bringing two pieces of metal together. I can see myself starting to make metal art for, you know, families going through pediatric cancer that might encourage them, you know, some sort of testament or some sort of of piece of art that I can send to them that'll encourage them and say, look, you know, you're a warrior. Maybe I can make warrior pieces and I can learn how to weld and, and fabricate metal that way. Like that is where your passion, it, it ultimately will find a purpose when you equip it that way. And, and I think we need to get back to that. It's not that I want to create art. It's that I want to be someone who encourages families that are going through a really hard time. And then I'm able to take my skill sets and my passions to do that. And so I think veterans, you guys have got it. You understand what it looks like to serve. You will understand what it looks like to take risks. And, and you also understand what it looks like to have faith that you're going to make it out alive. So why in the world could we not apply that to life? And the reason why is because people are so hung up on the what, and they're trying to figure out what to do next. The what will fall in line when you become passionate about the who, and you become passionate about what is my best version and a better version of myself one year from today. Maybe it's giving up drinking, right? Maybe it's someone that said, I, I, I would love to be someone who is described as being sober 12 months from today, right? Well, why do you want to be described as being sober 12 months from today? And, and then all of a sudden you're working through that stuff and will be because of this, that, and the other thing, you're, you're going to have clarity 
around that who and how you're described and, and why you want to be described that way, then it's easier to give up the drink in that moment because you have a crystal clear picture of the who. And that's what I mean. If someone was just beating you over the head saying, you need to get sober, you need to get sober, why are you drinking again? It's hard because you're so focused on what you're doing wrong. And if you focus and shift that perspective on the what, your passions and your things that you want to go and accomplish, I'm telling you guys, the what will start to all of a sudden fall in line and and support the who. That's the magic uh, weapon that we all need to take into life. Okay, so let's 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 go to this conclusion. You have the who, you have the what dialed in, and you actually achieve your success, whatever that success is. Maybe it is becoming sober. Maybe it's learning how to weld. Maybe it's learning a new language. What happens when you've gone through all the gears and you've achieved success? What's next? Mm. Well, you go back into the the other gears again, right? So there's constantly today, right? I'm going into different gears after this podcast. I'm going. I'm. I'm I've got something to go do after this, where I've got to become built for other people. Today, this podcast is actually part of my purpose gear. You know, what am I doing here? I'm. I'm. I'm communicating because of I believe my purpose is to be someone who uses the impact of motorsports or the the platform of motorsports to impact this world. So I'm in my purpose gear right now. And so once you know what your gears are, that's when you're saying, okay, good. I've got seven gears and, and, and I know when I need to shift into those gears. Am I built for other people? Here's a, here's a great example. A couple of years, a couple months ago, I was at our, our world finals event for monster jam, biggest stage of the, of the sport. And we've got people from all over the world to travel in for it. I went into that Travis thinking this was my weekend. I was going to win a world finals championship. I was going to etch my name into history. This was it. Our truck was operating perfectly. I was operating perfectly until the truck didn't operate perfectly. And so all of a sudden we just had a bad ground coming out of a battery that threw us. It took me out of racing. Right. And I'm like, Oh gosh, okay. I'm frustrated because that was probably going to be my best event unless I kind of got lucky in freestyle and came out and we thought we found it came out for freestyle lined up for my very first hit in the freestyle competition the truck died again and would not refire and took me out of free. I didn't even get to freestyle. And I was so mad because Travis, that's not how the the story was supposed to go. That's not how this chapter was supposed to be written. And I was mad. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and make it sound like I'm mother Teresa and just, Oh yeah. Okay. I just shifted into a different gear and I was okay. Emotionally. No, I was throwing my neck restraint. I was, I was tossing my gloves into the the recovery cart. Could not believe. And I was really ticked off for a good, five to 10 minutes. But by the time I got back to the locker room, I did have to make that conscious decision to shift into my being built for other people gear. And I said to myself, you know what, buddy, this wasn't your day. It wasn't your day. Like you thought it was going to be in your purpose gear. That was part of like supporting this platform and stuff, right? That was what the, the, that weekend was supposed to be. Nope. It wasn't going to be that. And so it wasn't your day, but guess what? One of your buddies is about to have the best day of their whole careers when they go out and win a world finals championship in freestyle. So why don't you go up to the podium and you become the biggest cheerleader in the stadium and yell for all your friends and support them. And so that's exactly what happened. All of a sudden my buddy Colt Stevens won his very first freestyle world finals championship. And I was the first guy to give him the biggest bear hug when they announced his name. We're all jumping and celebrating. And I was right there to celebrate him. Now I don't say that to pat myself on the back because it was very difficult. The fact that I had to put my own desires and I was still, I got back to the hotel room. I was still broken that my weekend went that way. 
but I had to make that conscious, conscious decision to shift into my being built for other people gear so that I could go and do something that was bigger than myself in that moment. And, and that's what took me out of, you know, brought me out of that. So we've got to, ultimately, we've got to know what our gears are and make those conscious decisions to find the right gear at the right time. And when we do that, we'll never end up stuck. We'll never end up totally burnt out forever. We can always continue to go out there, strive for more, grind it out. And it's not about doing more, Travis. That's what people sometimes will think like, oh, Bryce, I, I, I'm not going to pick up that book because I'm afraid he's going to tell me I should be doing more. And that goes back to what we say. No, no, no. When the picture is right and you know the best version of yourself, trust me, the doing stuff will take care of themselves. If I'm asking you to change or to do something differently, it's to know what you already believe and to shape your beliefs because our beliefs drive our actions and our actions drive results. If you want different results, work it backwards. Go, okay, what actions am I have I been taking wrong or incorrectly or not doing enough of? Great. But why am I, why are those actions off base? It's because my beliefs don't support that. Just like, you know, why would why would someone that you know, believes that animals should be protected, be having dog fights in their backyard, right? Those things don't work. When you believe something, your actions typically will follow that belief. And then those actions will ultimately take care of themselves. So go back to the beginning, understand what you believe foundationally, you know, is America a good country or not? I believe we're a great country. I believe we're the greatest country to ever be on planet earth. Why is that? So that's going to support my actions. Am I going to go and burn down a town you know, when I'm frustrated at 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 uh, at results or something like that, it's going. No, I'm not. Why? Because I love the country, and that's what I mean. Our beliefs shape our actions. So instead of beating yourself up that you're not taking all the right actions, go back to the beliefs and pick up Geared for Life because that's what's going to challenge you. By the end of the book, you're probably going to steal some of my gears, but my guess is that you're going to uncover some of your own, and those are the gears you're going to hang on to. Maybe it's not seven. Maybe it's two. But find those different gears, make that next shift that you need to make, find the right gear at the right time, and watch the results and the impact that you're going to start to make every single day of your life. Well, just, you know, winding this down, one of the gears that really spoke out to me was chapter four, you know, mm. pressure, second gear, choose to believe rather than doubt. And, and, you know, I've had to, you know, make choices to believe mm. in the last couple of years, and it really resonated, you know take the action to believe and, and doubt will take care of itself. It, it was just really impactful. Um, you know, you, you've written this book, it's out now. Um, where can you get the book? Um, Bryce? Yeah. Any, thank you. Anywhere books are sold. So everyone buys everything off of Amazon. It feels like nowadays. So it's definitely on Amazon, Okay. Uh, Barnes and Noble books, a million audible. So if you guys like audiobooks. um, I actually voice it over. So that nice. way, you know, I love the fact that, you know, I've, 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 I've always been a hard copy guy. Like I like to make notes in books and stuff, but I, after voicing over the book, I went, I would actually listen to more books on tape if the author was the one that voiced it over. Cause then they can give the sarcasm where it meant to be sarcastic, you know, and kind of have that inflection point because they wrote it, they know the story. So I actually had a lot of fun voicing over the book, uh, but that's on audible. Um, and yeah, you can walk in and pick up a hard copy somewhere if you need to at a Barnes and Noble, but yeah, it's, it's everywhere books are sold. And I would be honored if people uh, had a chance to, to read through it, uncovered their gears and, and finally found that next gear they never knew they had. What's next after this book, you, you've got it out there. 
you, you there's stories from your life and, mm. and and it's and i will say it's not self-helpish mm. it's not like you must do this you must make this plan it's just here's here's the gear i want you to think about here's a story to support that and here's what you can do if you embrace that mm. what, what's next for you after this bryce well, that's a great question so my if i had to say my next gear um it's gonna be i'm doing a lot more corporate speaking um, I love doing, I'm doing a lot more church speaking too, men's events and men's conferences. Um, and honestly, even though I'm a Christian, I never thought that that would necessarily be part of what I was doing. And, 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 uh, and organically, it's just because <laughs> I've always rubbed a lot of churches wrong because I, 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 you know, I love going back to, to scripture and taking things that people claim and saying, what did scripture say and all that stuff. So that's actually been a lot of fun though, going and doing these men's events with that. Um, but, uh, also doing a ton of corporate work. Uh, so I, I think that the book is a spoke to the wheel. Um, uh, my nonprofit, which is live like warriors is probably the closest thing to my heart. And I, if anyone wants to be a part of this, we basically, it's a volunteer army where we make a coordinated effort to go and fill very specific needs in the world. And I bet 98% of what we've done is in pediatric cancer. It's celebrating these little warriors and these families that need help, but we find specific needs and okay, we got this piece of furniture that this family needs is 1500 bucks. We crowdfund for that. Every dollar that we raise goes to the need. It's not going to a salary or anything like that, but I've got something called a warrior chain. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to strongly consider being part of it. And that's just, it's like a bat signal up in the sky. So when we find a need, that's the first place I go to and say, Hey, warriors, you know, people that have been on this are on this warrior chain. We send out an email and say, this is what we're looking to do. Does anyone, maybe it's logistics. Maybe it's not monetary. Maybe it's trying to get a wheelchair from Montana to New York. And someone just so happy, oh, you know what? My uncle is a long haul driver and they're on that route. You just never know just making a coordinated effort, what we can pull off and what we've been able to, it's been everything from a, you know, thousand dollar item to a $20,000 vehicle that we were able to purchase for a family. We found out was Ubering two hours, one way to their cancer treatments. And we are like, that's not okay. Right. So we went and filled that specific needs. And uh, uh, so yeah, go on live like warriors.com and the, it'll, a box will pop up right there. Or you can follow the tab says, get involved, but uh, join our warrior chain and yeah, let's go make a difference together. But I think that everything I think about and do communication wise, the platform of motorsports, like I said, to go impact the world, that impact the world part is through my live like warriors nonprofit. And the sky's the limit with that. And we just need a lot of good people that raise their hands and say, Hey, look, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to help. Uh, and I'm willing to, to, to play whatever role I need to play to, 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 to go out there and help other people. And that's what we're doing. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think, this message, uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed what I've read from the book. Uh, I've enjoyed talking with you. I think it will really resonate with my community, veterans and people who are serving because, you know, we are, we are rebooting our lives. You've had to reboot your life several times. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to understand where you're coming from. It's going to seem like, you know, uh, different from somebody just up there spewing stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're doing all this stuff outside of racing. You do racing as well. Well, monster truck, monster jam, mm -hmm. you know, what's next for the warrior in the monster truck. Yeah. So I'll be in Anaheim, California next week for our superstar challenge, which is going to be a lot of fun. And our main season though, doesn't kick off till January. Okay. So pretty much January through may I'll be gone most of the weekends and going traveling around the country 
and really all of North America and doing events. And, and I typically do the bigger football stadiums. So if someone said, has Monster Jam coming through their town, it doesn't necessarily mean I'll be on that tour. There's six different tours uh, going on, and I'm on one of the big football stadium tours. So uh, mostly on the East Coast with a couple West Coast riddled in there. But, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to getting back on, on the competition road and, and uh, going up against some of these other Monster Jam drivers. And, uh, yeah, the Great Clips Mohawk Warrior Truck, we're going to try to win a, a season championship this year. Well, awesome. I'll have all the links to, uh, you know, Bryce's nonprofit, the book and the truck. So you guys can follow along. We can cheer him on as he goes through 2024. You know, Bryce, again, it's just amazing how much I don't know. And I think what this book did for me and what I hope it does for, for you all watching and listening is it, it allows you to look at yourself differently mm -hmm. so you can get the most out of, uh, your engine. Amen. Yeah. Well said, go maximize it. And, uh, and, and go find that next gear you never knew you had. And it's in you guys. You guys know it. And you you're already have all the raw ingredients to go and do what, what's in your heart. We just got to help you uncover that stuff. We just have to have you find your next gear. That's it. Don't feel like you got to figure it all out and have life figured out. Let's just go help you find the next gear. And let's go help a lot of people make a difference. Bryce, I want to thank you for coming on Oscar Mike Radio and and you know being Simper Gummy to to make this happen. I really appreciate your time and all the best on your holiday season. And again, thank you very much. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for your service. And uh, man, I'm I'm just thrilled to be on. It's a huge honor. Hope I get to come back later. So again, folks, uh, uh, that is Bryce Kinney, Geared for Life Monster Trucks. I'll have it all on Oscar Mike Radio show post. Let's cheer him on 2024 and live like a warrior. Thank you. Join us on National Wreaths Across America Day, December 16th, 2023. Each December on National Wreaths Across America Day, our mission to remember, honor, and teach is carried out by coordinating wreath laying ceremonies at Arlington National Cemetery, as well as more than 3,700 additional locations in all 50 states at sea and abroad. Join us by sponsoring a veteran's wreath at a cemetery near you, volunteering or donating to a local sponsor group. for listening and watching Oscar Mike Radio, where our active duty service members and veterans are in action and the mission is in flight. If you are a veteran or know a veteran who needs help, please dial 998 and press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line.